we are going to speak to the members of the Zilana duo made up of Alexander Davis on bassoon and Ana Garcia Caraballos on saxophone. You are in for a treat if you go to uh, Connecticut Summerfest and see these guys. Their sound is incredible. And we'll listen to a little bit. They don't have a ton of recorded stuff, though they will after Connecticut Summerfest because that's part of the agenda is that in addition to being artists in residence playing new pieces by new composers is to you know participate in master classes to record pieces so they actually go home with something in their hand as well as uh, video recordings. Um, all the concerts will be simulcast. If you cannot be there, you can go online and see them in real time. Now, let's see if we have everybody where they belong. Alex, are you here? I'm here. Okay. Anna, are you here? Yes, I am. Very good. Together, they make up the Zolana duo. Welcome to Pushing the Envelope. Thanks for having us. So how did you guys meet? How did you get together? How did this start? Since it's a very interesting pairing of saxophone and of bassoon. Um, Anna, why don't you start? Okay. Perfect. Well, um, Alex and I um, happened to meet through uh, the Woodwind Quintet in Winds. We met at one of their concerts. We both have been uh, attending uh, their festival, but in completely different years. And when we went to this concert, um, the members of Imani Winds in particular, the flutist uh, and founder, Valerie Coleman, introduced us. And actually, she, when she saw both of us at that moment, she was like, I've been waiting for this moment to happen. I've always thought that you guys should try to play together and form a duo. And if you do it, I'll write a piece for you. So that was already a big, big incentive for us. Um, we just exchanged phones, and from there, we got together and we shared our ideas and what we have in mind for the music we like uh, to, to play and for what we would like to do as chamber music. And, and that's how, how we met and how everything kind of started. So what made you guys think the pairing of a saxophone and a bassoon was a way to go? Alex, um, why don't you go for that one? <laughs> well, uh, like, like Anna said, we had met each other before our instruments had met each other. So when Valerie told us, like, you guys need to work together, like, I've been waiting for this, we were like, great. We, I think we assumed that our instruments were, like, normal instruments that came together. And then when we got together and we found out that she played tax when I played bassoon, we were like, oh, okay, this is going to be a journey. <laughs> and so we had... Uh, there's there's some pieces already for saxophone bassoon, but it's it's very very little, and it's nothing that we really felt represented us or what we wanted to represent in this uh, minority of an instrumentation. So this 
after getting together and realizing we'd want to commission works, majority of our works, um, our commission, uh, we could tell right away that this was a door that we wanted to open and, and try to create our own house for people to come in and listen, you know, invite people to listen to this new crazy idea. And it's been a wonderful journey so far. I, I can tell there's a video up on YouTube um, of a concert that you guys are doing. And just the looks on your face and the way you look at each other and the animation with which you play, there's definitely something going on there than just playing the music. You guys definitely have some sort of vibe going that I think is pretty easily read by the audience and in turn is reflected through the music. I think we end up using our whole entire energy <laughs> in every concert. At the end, me and Anna are like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. Or like, my stomach, oh my gosh, I feel like I've put so much energy in it. So it feels good to hear that. Nice. Hear the result from you. Thank you. Sure. You guys are celebrating your one year anniversary? Yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> Actually, um, I flew back from Spain back in uh, to New York after eight months. Um, on the day that we had last year our first debut as a as a duo, so now um, this is going to be, I think, a very exciting second year. We can wait um, for our first residency with uh, Connecticut Summerfest. We have um, a few works that we're actually going to premiere during this festival, and many other commissions that we have um, in our minds to get ready. Um, even some other projects, like maybe some recordings or even other things that we really want to do to span this, this dual project. How did you hook up with Connecticut Summerfest? Well, we, it's, I would say that Imani Wins <laughs> have been our, like, radio station uh, <laughs> in so many channels yeah. um, because... Oh, we met through them, and then at Imani Wings Festival, Alex and I, we've been collaborating with them all these past years, too. One of the composers that attended this festival was Aaron Price last year. Um, that's how we met Aaron, and he met us. He also um, attended our concert, and then after the summer was over, he contacted us. Uh, we knew he has told us that he has this festival in the summer, and he uh, invited us to be part of it as one of their uh, residency ensembles. Ah. So we were very, very, very uh, excited and, you know, so very excited. blessed to have this offer. Yeah, Aaron's a good guy. I met him actually through the radio station. He had a show, oh, awesome. he had a world music show when he was an undergrad at the University of Connecticut. And his show was next to mine, so we would chat and compare notes, and I'd watch him running off to play in the clarinet ensembles and things like that. And then he got back in touch with me when he was putting together Connecticut Summerfest, and that's how I got involved. So we came in through the same person, but for sort of different reasons. <laughs> right. <laughs> That doesn't even surprise me. Aaron, well, Aaron coming to the festival, you know, he when we met him, he's so intelligent, so charismatic. Yep. And Amani Wins has this great program for composers where, you know, they help them grow. 
and they work one on one with some uh, famous composers today. And there's even a class where you know each composer introduces himself, and um, usually it's for a lot of up, uh, young composers trying to find their voice or trying to continue to create their voice. But Aaron was already up there, and his voice was very present. And he said he had this festival where like, oh, you're very established, so young, like you know, and he's just very intelligent. <laughs> and, He's going to go far, which is great. It's great to see and be a part of it so early in the stages. Hartford actually has quite a history of being involved in the new music scene, not so much recently until some things like Connecticut Summerfest started showing up. But back in the 70s and late 60s, it wasn't that unusual to see folks like Philip Glass and Steve Reich, Tom Johnson, you know, doing concerts at a, a venue called Real Artways, which still exists and is mm-hmm. currently getting more into the music side of things. So it's very exciting and good time to be in Hartford, that's for darn sure, if you're looking for new yeah. music. So you guys, background-wise, Ani, you're from Spain. What part of Spain? I'm from a town or city called Pamplona. Um, it's better known from uh, the festival that happens in July called the Running of the Bulls. The Running of the Bulls, yep. Yes, crazy animals <laughs> running the strip. And, and yeah, that's, that's where I'm, I'm from, from the north of Spain. And what kind of music scene do they have there as far as, you know, you're playing contemporary classical music, for lack of a better term, but I assume you came up in more traditional conservatory kind of background? Uh, yes, I did. I, um, I mean, we have a big, big musical and cultural tradition in Spain um, and also in each different region. Um, we have one of the most extensive folklore um background and so you you can hear a lot of popular music in the street we have a lot of um, uh, typical instruments from each different region too so every little festival like the running of the bulls or any other celebrations which are attached a lot uh, to our history of the country and to uh, let's say the, the, the religious uh, aspect of, of Spain too uh, every little celebration combines always popular music with dance, uh, sometimes poetry, all these different outfit instruments. So I grew up with hearing that a lot in the streets. And then uh, my education, yes, it was in, in the classical, um, let's say, classical music. Uh, I did pia- I studied piano, too, so I did all the standard repertoire. And with saxophone, because saxophone is just such a modern instrument itself, uh, the music still within the classical uh, traditional way, but uh, always, you know, um, after the 19th century uh, or even 20th century music. So every just sounds everything sounds much more contemporary than right. the saxophone. And the tradition comes a lot from France. France is one of the big centers for the saxophone. They they also I mean in Spain. Um, I've, I've been part of this kind of popular, let's say, uh, atmosphere with because we have a lot of music bands in the street also attached to this. Uh, like, for example, now we will do for Easter, we will do all these parades in the street and we'll play music um, 
related to that. So I, I've been also involved in, in that kind of music, but I really wanted to to reach out to other styles, and that's why I, I decided to, to come to New York uh, almost six years ago, because I felt I, I had already got a lot of experience with this uh, traditional and also very contemporary music coming from the French country, but I wanted to explore you know, New York and, well, the United States have so many different cultures involved here, so many different ethnicities, styles, and also you have Broadway, you have country, you have so many environments where they welcome the saxophone, and, and I was very fortunate to, to you know, have uh, the opportunity to be included in all these different also chamber ensembles and do music that I never thought I could, uh, I could play. Nice. So it, it, I really found... Um, I think a bigger picture for my instrument that uh, I was really, you know, excited to to find. Alex, in your case, so you're from the New York City area. Not exactly. I'm a uh, army brat, so I military brat, so I moved around a bunch and uh, landed in New York, upstate New York, um, in like eighth grade, and then I I went through all the New York school. I went through a lot of New York schools for college. And then landed in New York um, about four years ago. New York City. Mm-hmm. And sort of, I assume, I mean, the bassoon obviously ha- goes back farther than the saxophone does, so it has a broader yeah. repertoire, you know, of, you know, Baroque music and all those types of things. Definitely, definitely. Uh, the bassoon starts way far back, uh, in both uh, Germany and France. And um, it's true that it does have a larger repertoire when it comes to over the years, but uh, just like Anna said, even in France, is is a very strong lead in contemporary music for bassoon. So you're still getting a lot of uh, contemporary rap, um, especially for their DMA finals. A lot of them, they still do that program where composers are composed for an instrument and then they have to play it in order to graduate. So there's still pieces coming out of um, France, uh, Paris Conservatory for sure for bassoon, um, and still around as well. But bassoon is definitely known uh, for sticking to more uh, classical, um, as you would say, music. You know, Mozart, Beethoven, um, what we consider classical, or the average person, you know, Mendelssohn. But um, which is why I love doing this duo so much because. I get a chance to jump out of that and and almost feel like a rock star with Anna because we get to just explore so many genres that are what I personally love myself um, just as much as classical music. So it's an excuse for me to come out and just jam with Anna, <laughs> which is on bassoon, which you don't get to do very often. But jam with bassoon. The way, you know, you guys both obviously have the chops to... Uh expand out and and i actually was just thinking you know when you guys let's say aren't listening to contemporary new music what are you listening to you know what kinds of things are influences on you that don't have anything to do necessarily with what you're actually playing well sorry i'm not sure if alex is speaking now if it's his nope it's you okay (laughs) Sorry, just I have a little delay yep. on my on my side. Um, well, I think that uh, what Alice said, like we met as people, 
and then we share our uh, musician side. But when we play and we put a performance together, um, it's us. It's us as an entire human being. And I think we've been um, also fortunate to, I mean, we've, we knew we wanted to co collaborate with certain composers because that's what we were expecting from them. But I think the, the way they've composed the pieces, they've made us develop so much farther than we were even maybe expecting or, or thinking of ourselves. Like, I was never thinking mm -hmm. how in one of our first pieces we'll be using our complete bodies to do body percussion, to sing, to recite. Um, it was kind of great at the beginning um, because I, we were not used to do that. But then it really brought our um, our identities, our personalities, characters out in the stage uh, and really represented who we are, uh, as, you know, with the instrument, but so much more than just with the instrument. So I think that uh, this, this really, these uh, new works um, and these composers have known how to really explore us and exploit our um, different skills um, as an artist uh, entirely. I think that shows on that YouTube video, there's a section of a piece that has, but it has uh, some vocals on it that sounds like um, almost like the monkey chant, like Indonesian music. <laughs> Except yeah, it looks like you're talking uh, to piece. each other at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's that piece is Chapantika Do by Guy Mentis, and uh, it's really fun. It's, it's about the idea of creation. And actually what we're saying is, is uh, half of it is uh, written down and a lot of it is improvised. Mm -hmm. So the section um, in the video is definitely improvised. But uh, the composer wanted this idea, like he said, of, of creation. So you have this gibberish going on, this gibberish dialect, because nothing has been created yet. So Anna and I, um, in the beginning, are chanting this uh saying which means nothing uh, to the audience but in, and to me and Anna we have to make it mean something every concert which is the beauty of it sometimes it can be endearing sometimes it can be aggressive it could be anger it could be confusion so we're in the moment we're always changing our tone and trying to figure out and read each other which is, which is another cool thing is um, looking at each other all the time and saying, what are you giving me right now? By saying, like, how can I understand that from you just saying it to me and then also conveying that in your instrument? So every time we play that piece, we always get a different reaction from the audience. And we get a different reaction from each other, which is fun. So I think when we debuted it the first time, um, there was laughter and then some seriousness at the end. And then when we played it at Firehouse Space, it was the texture was very thick for the audience, and a lot of them were like, "I could feel such a strong presence of of, of anger or something." And then when we're at a money wins, it's a mixture of, of hilarious, but also serious, but also very intense. And uh, the music is also mixed with like a religious aspect. So uh, it's one of our favorite pieces to play. We love all our pieces. It's really fun <laughs> because it does require us to go outside of our instruments and beatbox and and do some uh, body percussion. Nice. That that definitely caught my eye. It's like, 
oh, that's a lot different. And um, <laughs> I like the idea of how fluid, you know, the way you described how the piece is meant to be performed and how basically it's one of those kinds of pieces that never comes off the same way twice. Exactly. And how does the world of improvisation work with you guys? Because that's one thing about classical instruments is it's not particularly conducive to working outside, you know, outside of maybe being given some freedom within a piece that is, you know, notated, but just to, you know, spontaneously do things. Do you find that, was that difficult at first or something you could sort of jump into? Well, yeah, I think, I, um, oh yeah, go on. It, uh, it's definitely not something we we do in our everyday, uh, both of us. But um, I think it came pretty natural to us um, because of the vision we have of music. Music has been even in the classical world always composers uh, back. I mean, 17th, 18th century, they were improvisers themselves. Um, so I think. Um, now composers too nowadays are picking up on that tradition and the artist itself has to be even that nowadays has to be not just the performer has to be also the composer when in in these sections that you you have all the freedom in a way to create your own uh, language um so it's been i mean it's been a process that we've been learning through uh, i think every time like uh, Alice was saying every time we do these improvisations differently because we've um, had the experience also of um, what works better, what works less, how the audience reacts to that because this is in the end, it's not just a duo, this is a um, many people ensemble because when we are performing, uh, the audience is very much with us. Uh, we need the reaction of the audience, we need their involvement. Uh, for the piece to come alive. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's been so rewarding and that's made us also feel even more comfortable uh, doing these improvisations. Right. But to, to add to that, so it doesn't seem like it's, it's too easy, Anna and I did definitely have to spend time working on improvisation. Um, and we're still, we're still working on it. And we're always getting new levels of improvisation from... Um, our com our commissions and composers because they all don't think the same way, so it's not all necessarily like jazz improvisation. Right. Uh, a lot of it, it, you know, there's different levels of improv, and and just this week, me and Anna were together. Anna and I were together because we're commissioning a new piece that is, you know, based around Stockhausen and Miles Davis at first. And now it's gone really Stockhausen. <laughs> we're trying to figure out how to put our brain you know we've heard Stockhausen before but we've never been a part of a Stockhausen idea um of, of creating it on the spot and so this this week uh we've been going really really hard trying to figure out you know how do we fit it how do we not take away from this um uh this this atmosphere of Stockhausen because in some improvisation you do want to be the lead and you want to take over and everyone wants to listen to you but we're in a place where we need to still be in the atmosphere and present at the same time, but not take away what the atmosphere is and just blindly not listen to the music or associate it or with each other. So every piece is, is definitely a work, but uh, it's fun. That's what makes, 
I think we love this duo so much is that we get to spend lots of time together um, laughing and joking around, but also working really hard and figuring out each other within each piece, which is a new concept you don't you don't learn in school. You figure out your instrument in school, but you don't really get to figure out how you fit with human beings and your instrument sometimes. <laughs> One final question. So you guys are a duo. The idea of just two people playing... Does that have an advantage, I suppose, in the wor- the current world of the arts today where funding is going down and trying to make something happen? You know, you have to do 50 different things. Does being just a duo work to help you be more flexible in that sense that you're portable? It doesn't take a lot for two people to go from point A to point B. Was that mm-hmm. something you guys had considered at all versus being part of larger ensembles or outside of, let's say, the creative aspect? Was there a practical aspect? Well, I think um, we didn't think so much about that at the beginning. Um, <laughs> I think we realized about that once we uh, started maybe putting concerts together and seeing what it involves for the preparation of all these performances. Um, we are both also part of larger ensembles, and we, we can see that, yes, it is um, in a way, especially because we get along so well, and I think um, we uh, contribute, you know, we contribute equally to the project, and we always want to be equally involved and share our duties and our responsibilities uh, administratively, too. So um, it's true, it's, it's a little bit easier uh, when you have two people to coordinate and when you have more than two people to coordinate, in a way. Uh, but also, I mean, uh, it's also more, let's say, work to do. In the performance aspect, um, it's, uh, it's challenging in a way sometimes because with two only um, melodic instruments, we have to build, we have to fill in the space with with, with this music. And uh, the composers many times um, <laughs> don't let us breathe too much <laughs> in a way because <laughs> we have to add like the bass, we have to add like the upper instrument, we have to be the harmony, everything. Uh, but but that's, we really have fun with it, and we really we really enjoy it. I think that actually shows, because when you watch the video, you see two people, but the sound is so full because of the nature of those instruments and how they can be played. And I definitely had this feel that that caught my attention also. It's like, that sounds more like more than two people, just because of the way you guys approach the sound which is in a different world you can have a composer notate something and give you a general direction but what that actually sounds like when it comes out the front of your instrument is something totally different well we are very much looking forward to seeing you guys at connecticut Summerfest. that is just for the folks at home, June 15th to 21st at 
the Hart School in West Hartford, Connecticut. Thank you so much for being with us. I look forward to meeting you guys when you come to town. Us too. Thanks so Thank much you. for having us, Joel. Oh, my Looking pleasure. Looking forward to meeting you too. All right. Take care. Take it easy. You too.